0: Hi, this is Bill Crystal. I wanted to encourage you to take a look at my free weekly newsletter, which you can sign up for below while you listen to this podcast. Each Monday, I'll try to fill you in on what's happening behind the scenes in Washington, what I think is worth reading, and what the Weekly Standard staff is up to. And thanks for tuning in to the Weekly Standard podcast.
1: Welcome to the Weekly Standard podcast. I'm your host, Michael Graham. With us from the Weekly Standard, Tom Jocelyn, who's been writing extensively about the uh, release of five Taliban terrorists from Gitmo in exchange for uh, Army Sergeant Bo Bergdahl. Uh, Tom, how would you rate this exchange without evaluating the politics, but just from the standpoint of public policy? How does this trade, how good is this trade for America?
0: Well, I think the trade is is really basically shows that the U.S. government has acquiesced to the demands of the Taliban. Uh, basically, it's what the, the Taliban has demanded for years. This isn't really a negotiated trade, uh, the way it's being portrayed. I think this is much more about the Taliban's demand these five guys be returned to them, and the Obama administration decided to use the Bergdahl um, swap as sort of the pretext for giving them back.
1: So, in other words, this wasn't a you know, we put this on the table and the Taliban puts that on the table. The Taliban from the beginning said, we want those five guys. And finally, the United States gave them what they wanted.
0: Yeah, I mean, I think that's right. I mean, I I, I don't doubt that the administration wanted to get Bergdahl back and they were looking for a way to do that. But what I'm saying is that these five have been long demanded by a Taliban to be returned to their custody. This is not This is not something the Taliban sort of just sort of, out there in the last half right. hour or the last couple days this is something they've been demanding since 2002.
1: Uh, it was interesting. I read a quote from a, a Taliban commander, uh, and he said that this was like releasing 10,000 new soldiers onto the field on the side of jihad. That that's how much inspiration they were getting from the release of just one of these five guys, uh, Fazel. I think I'm saying his name right, F A Z L. Great, Mohammed
0: Fazel. Yeah, they
1: seem to. There seems to be real. a a real thrill among the Taliban that these people are coming back to the Middle East?
0: These guys are jihadi rock stars, and that's the way they're going to be perceived in the Taliban and also in the broader jihadi community. And, you know, one of the things I've been arguing at the standard is that um, even in the year in Qatar, they're supposed to spend there. Um, if it's assuming they even stay in Qatar, they're going to be able to participate in the jihad through fundraising, propaganda efforts, and other things, and they'll become part of the Taliban's operations once again, because Qatar is such a permissive environment for the Taliban, Al-Qaeda, and other groups to do their fundraising, to sort of do this sort of facilitation work that they're sort of notorious for.
1: What do you mean fundraising?
0: Well, you know, it's interesting, you go back through the Obama administration's official documents, State Department, Treasury Department, And it's quite obvious that Qatar is a major uh, financial hub for donors who want to give to the Taliban, Al-Qaeda, and others to basically uh, uh, give to their cause of the day. And um, this is a place where the Taliban, Al-Qaeda, and other groups can regularly go to get money, to raise money. There there are all sorts of uh, warning signs about what's going on in Syria and Qatar's role there, and the role of both private donors and possibly those in government there. So um, this is this is really a major financial uh, facilitation network that exists in Qatar, and these guys can easily pipe into that.
1: Is it true that they have like a listing of phone numbers? Want to give to jihadis in Syria? Call this number in Qatar today. Yeah, you
0: know, I, one of the things I follow on Twitter are some of these accounts of uh, major jihadis, including Al Qaeda clerics and Al Qaeda-linked uh, uh, terrorists who basically solicit funds on Twitter. And I I've, I've found a couple of banners <laughs> in which they actually put the numbers, they actually put phone numbers in Cutter for people to call to donate funds to them. Um, that's how permissive the vir- environment is in Cutter. So, you know, the president, Secretary Kerry, um, Secretary of Defense Hagel, they were all praising Cutter and their role in all this. And it's really odd because all you have to do is look back at the official U.S. government documents and and, ter- and terrorist designations and all the like, And you can see the Cutter has actually been very duplicitous in all this.
1: Incredible. Uh, Meanwhile, these five guys we spoke about, one of them, Muhammad fazl he's one of the two who, it's my understanding, is actually wanted by the U.N. or the U.N. wants to investigate them for war crimes because of the slaughter of Shiites in Afghanistan. Is that accurate, Tom? And tell us about the guys as a group.
0: Well, that's right. The two are Muhammad Fazl and Nurul Anuri, who are both senior Taliban military commanders and leaders um they've both been long wanted by the un for suspected involvement in war crimes including the uh, slaughter of thousands of shiites and other uh, other atrocities i would say there's just no doubt anybody you talk to and i've been covering these guys believe it or not since 2006 when i first wrote one of my articles about them for the weekly standard um just no doubt these five guys are the most dangerous taliban commanders we've had in custody there's just no doubt about that these are These are the worst of the worst of the worst, I would say. Um, There's just no uh, dispute over that. Um, They were all deemed high risks by Joint Task Force Guantanamo to the U.S., its interests and allies. Obama's own Guantanamo Review Task Force said that all five should be held in indefinite military detention under the laws of war. These aren't guys that should be released or transferred. And all you have to do is look through the dossiers on each of them. And I've published sort of short summaries of these at the Weekly Standard all I have to do is look through those those dossiers on each of the five of them, and you can tell just how involved they were in the Taliban's operations and really how much support they gave to al-Qaeda. That's part of the story, I think, that we need to emphasize more, is that you know, there are a lot of people out there that like to treat Taliban as some separate, distinct, mutually exclusive group from al-Qaeda. Well, here, these five guys indisputably were aiding, assisting, and supporting al-Qaeda's efforts in pre-9-11 Afghanistan. Uh,
1: the... Um... The the, uh, Clapper, James Clapper, had said he objected to releasing these guys when this idea had been floated before, about a year ago. Uh, But according to a spokesperson, he now he he says he's okay with it. Has something changed in the past year? Are they less dangerous? Because it seemed to me that as the Taliban sees America is going to withdraw no matter what, and as the Taliban, the people in the middle, you know, kind of not wanting... trying to figure out how to pick sides they see the taliban is likely to get stronger it seems like this is a terrible time to give the taliban a boost
0: well i i think that's right i mean i don't think there's anything changed materially in the situation here um in terms of these five guys they're they're still a danger they're still a threat there's a reason the taliban wanted them back you know i mean why was the taliban so interested in getting them back because there are skilled operators and people who could easily command forces in the field You know, it's not even just James Clapper, but there was a lot of resistance throughout the U.S. intelligence community, and even Senate Democrats, uh, going back to early 2012 when this idea was being floated in the press and by the Obama administration, there was a lot of pushback on this, because these five guys were considered uniquely dangerous, and they still are. Um, So, you know, one of the things in in all this, I think, is a real shame is that, um, you know, there's the controversy now of this whole thing, and we'll see how long that lasts, but you know, the impact these guys have, even if they don't kill any Westerners or have any material impact on our security in, that we can directly observe, these are guys who are accused and participated in the slaughter of thousands of Muslims prior to 9-11. They could easily kill thousands of more in the future. And, you know, really understanding the, that impact on the battlefield is something that, that, that every, is the reason why a lot of people in the military object to these guys being released in the first place, because they are undoubtedly going to have that sort of impact on the fight going forward.
1: Tom Jocelyn with The Weekly Standard, thanks so much for your time. You've been listening to The Weekly Standard podcast. Please be sure to check weeklystandard.com regularly for podcast updates. I'm your host, Michael Graham.